excited about that. Take your Bibles and turn to Psalm 121. Psalm 121. <clears throat> Let me remind you that on Sunday, Christmas Day, we'll have one service, 10.30 a.m., and we'll look forward to being with all of you on Sunday. And then, uh, a week from Sunday, New Year's Day, we'll have a normal schedule as far as our services go. Uh, there won't be uh, a New Year's Eve uh, get-together party, whatever, that we normally do in the fellowship hall on New Year's Eve. Falls on a Saturday this year, but on Sunday, if you'd like to uh, get together and play games and have the fireworks and to just kind of do at least a little bit of, of, of what we would normally do for our get-together, that is, that is open, and you're more than welcome to that. I'm not necessarily organizing that uh, myself, but it, it certainly uh, is open, and kind of, you kind of know the drill, you know what to do if you want to be a part of that on Sunday afternoon. I'm guessing, I'm guessing, I mean, it can start any time, but I'm guessing maybe uh, early evening kind of a thing. Uh, after we dismiss and so on, or people can stick around right away. I don't have a preference either way, but uh, that's up to you. And so we'll have a normal, normal Sunday schedule on New Year's Day, Christmas Day, just the one service at 10.30 a.m., okay? And all the Sunday schools will be in here. We'll all meet together, so no normal Sunday school class uh, that day, okay? All right, Psalm 121. Let's read this entire psalm here. I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills, from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is thy keeper. The Lord is thy shade upon thy right hand. The sun shall not smite thee by day nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve thee from all evil. He shall preserve thy soul. The Lord shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in from this time forth, even forevermore. Psalm 121 is another one of those, what we've called song of degrees. And if you remember uh, what we have said concerning those song, song of degrees, they were, they were pilgrim songs. And they were songs that were sung as the people would journey to Jerusalem for their great feast days and so on. And sometimes people would travel from a great distance, and sometimes the way would be dangerous, and sometimes the way would even be perilous uh, for them in their journey. And the song was a reminder to not focus on the circumstance, but to remind them of whose hand they were actually in. They were in the Lord's hand, and it was a song to encourage the people. And, and, and I'm going to go that direction tonight with this message. The title of the message is, From Whence Cometh My Help? And we find that those words in this psalm. And the reason I'm going to go there is because, at times, life can be very hard. Um, you might actually experience things in life uh, maybe currently, you're experiencing some things in life that you've never experienced before. You're traveling a road that you've never walked on before. Or you're experiencing some sort of hardship or emotional state that you've never really had to deal with before. That can be just a simple result of the fact that life can be hard. Life is hard. 
We're tempted to fret. We're tempted to worry, even fear, and even despair, especially, especially when we start to feel overwhelmed and we start to feel burdened down with life circumstance. And I want to point out tonight some things out of this psalm because this psalm points us again to the Lord to remind us, you know what, when life is hard, where does our help really come from? It comes from the Lord. And I want us to be encouraged in the Word of God tonight, be encouraged with who God is tonight from this psalm. And, then, and I won't keep you long, but let me point out a few things to get our attention and get our focus on the Lord tonight. Amen? Which is where it should be. Let's pray and then we'll begin. Heavenly Father, help us tonight and encourage us with some truth from Your Word tonight. And Lord, I don't know who may need this other than myself. But Lord, I pray that you would use it and that you would encourage us and remind us who you are tonight. And Father, that we don't need to look at the circumstance. We can be reminded whose hand we're really in and the fact that you will not suffer our foot to be moved or that you preserve our soul. Father, we just thank you for all the things that you do and who you are, Lord, that sustains us day by day as we sojourn in this life. And I pray that you bless us with a new and refreshing view of God tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. First of all, I want you to notice the psalmist's attitude here. In verse 1, he says, I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills, from whence cometh my help. And the thought here is the fact that the attitude of the psalmist was that, that he first of all recognized his need for help. It's pretty much assumed here. It's not, it's not something that, uh, that he goes into great detail concerning. It's just pretty much assumed here in the text that the psalmist recognizes that he needs help. And you know what? In life, we would do well to remember how much we actually need help. Alaskans sometimes have this independent spirit about them, which can be good at times, but sometimes what goes along with that is nothing more than stubbornness and pride or an unwillingness to, to really acknowledge what's going on inside. And the fact is, is that we, none of us, none of us are... are um, What's the word I'm looking for? None of us are capable of sustaining all by ourselves all the time. We need help. And it would do us well to recognize how much we need the help of the Lord. People don't often like to admit that they need help. Sometimes people are in emotional distress. And emotional distress, if left undealt with or bottled up, it can lead to terrible, terrible things. And, and a lot of times, the way that we respond to people and, the, and, the, and our, our, um, the, our moods being affected, a lot of times it's, it's, it's that way because of some kind of emotional turmoil that's going on inside that we're not willing to recognize or admit or acknowledge. And here's another side of this. It's one thing to acknowledge that we need help, but we also need to understand and recognize that it's okay to ask for help. Why don't people ask for help? I get a bunch of snicker, snickers and 
chuckles and all of that. Why? You know. It's our pride. It's our sinful pride that keeps us, number one, from acknowledging we need it, number two, asking for it. We're not thinking straight. Sometimes we need spiritual help. That's a big one. We're struggling with something on the inside, maybe in life, and we need some spiritual help, but we're not willing to ask for it or go, or go find it. We want to hide it. We don't want to admit it because of our pride. We need to remember how frail we are and not think of ourselves more highly than we ought to think. And we need to remember that we need help and we need it from the Lord. The psalmist just said, pretty straightforward, I'll lift up mine eyes unto the hills from whence come with my help, because I know I need it. Now, I want you to secondly notice his determination to look to the right source for help. He said in verse 1, I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills. That's where my help comes from. Verse 2, my help cometh from the Lord. He had a determination to look to the right source for help. Now, when he's talking about the hills here, there are some who've suggested that this verse should be, should be translated a different way, and it should be asked in a question, um, where does my help come from? Like, I don't have any. Should I look to the hills? Should I put my eyes on the hills? Is that where my help comes from? But I, I believe that the Word of God is inspired, and I believe the, the, the King James uh, translators presented the correct reading here when they said that the psalmist said, I will look to the hills from whence cometh my help. What hills are he, is he talking about here? Well, he would have been talking, remember what it is. It's a, it's a, it was a song that they sang on their way to Jerusalem for their feast days. And what he would have been talking about are the hills or the mountains of Moriah and Zion. It was upon Mount Moriah at Jerusalem where the temple would be. It was there that the Shekinah glory of God would dwell. It was there that the earthly presence of God would be. And so in other words, what the psalmist is saying when in, in poetic form, he's saying that he would lift up his eyes to the God of Israel. That's where his help would come from. Verse 2 verifies that because he plainly says, my help comes from the Lord. David knew that help from his troubles was in the God of Israel. Verse 2, he says, My help cometh from the Lord. David acknowledges and determines that he's going to look to the right source. He's going to look up. Here is where his strength and help would come from. You know what? Some people look to the wrong source for help. Some people look horizontally for help. Whether it's temporal things and it's money or something like that, or even other people. Listen, it's good to have friends, and it's good to have brothers and sisters. It's good to have them. They can be a strength. They can be there like, like nothing else at times. But listen, even people will fail. Any earthly source is going to ultimately fail. And what puny help is it anyway? You know how many times you see a brother or sister hurting, and they're... And, and you want to do something, but you have no idea what to do. No idea what to say. No idea of really how to be the right kind of help. 
The Bible tells us don't put your trust in kings or princes of the earth. Don't do that. And praise the Lord, we have friends and we have people who can help at times. But David gives us the right perspective here. David says, I'm going to look to the right source, the God of of Israel. And then I want you to notice the end of verse 2, because he puts a tag on it that really gives us the right perspective here. Because it's one thing to say, oh, my help comes from the Lord. But who are you talking about? Verse 2 At the end, he says, here's the tag, which made heaven and earth. This is the one that your help comes from. This is the one that you look to. The God of of Israel, who also, by the way, made heaven and earth. Is there a greater source of power or help than that? So the second thought here is, Not only his attitude, but I want you to notice his focus. His focus is on his protector in verse 2. My help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is thy keeper. The Lord is thy shade upon thy right hand. The sun shall not smite thee by day nor the moon by night. Here is the focus of the psalmist, and it's on his protector. Who is he that he's focusing on? Well, verse 2 says, He is the one who made heaven and earth. In other words, this one is the creator of the universe. I mean, I'm telling you, that's, that right there is an easy phrase to pass over without grasping the magnitude of it. My help comes from the Lord. That's a good Christian thing to say, Chris. You sound really spiritual when you say, oh, my help comes from the Lord. Hey, that's a great thing to say, Brother Humphrey. But we can pass right over it. And not grab the magnitude of what he's saying. This, the real source of help comes from God who made heaven and earth. Just today, I was viewing some things and watching again a couple of videos by Answers in Genesis. And and then I watched another one uh, by Louis Giglio. And you've, you've all seen maybe some of those videos about that they've put out concerning just the size of our galaxy alone and how insignificant even a speck the earth is in the vast magnitude uh, and expanse of space. And, and you and I are not even a speck of a speck on the planet that's not a speck that you can't even see in the vast magnitude even of our own galaxy. And they do a great job with, with, with pointing out uh, some of those, those things. And, and, and listen, what, and I, might show, I might show one uh, New Year's Day at church. The Lord just used it in my heart again today to just, to just number one, to just crush me. But number two, then to encourage my soul after that. 
to crush me with the magnitude of who God is, how big he is. And just the Bible tells us that just with the, with the word of his mouth, God made the heavens and the earth with the breath of his nostrils. He didn't even lift a finger. Just the breath of his nostrils. The, the, the worlds were formed. Galaxy after galaxy. Billions and billions of stars and galaxy. And God knows them all. He names them all. And it was simply the breath of his mouth. Part of the reason why we struggle with depression or we struggle with anxiety, or we struggle with fear, or we struggle with stress, is because we forget how big God really is. That He is the one who helps, and He's the one who made heaven and earth. And you know what? Your problems, my problems, and my stresses that I'm feeling right now are so are so small and so insignificant. Oh, but you don't understand, Pastor. It is just a massive thing in my life, and I've never felt these things before, and I'm walking through things I've never experienced before, and it's so dramatic! You know what? We make it so dramatic. But then when I get the right perspective again, that He is so much bigger than anything that I could ever experience or go through. And he's my God. And he knows exactly what I'm thinking and what I'm feeling and what I'm walking through. And he knows exactly what tomorrow is going to bring. He understands everything I'm walking through right now. Why then do I respond so fleshly? Why do I get into such despair? Why do I get into this, in, in, this, in, this, in this place of hopelessness? Because my eyes aren't on the Lord. My eyes aren't on how awesome He is. My eyes are only on my problems. And just as I'm humbled by those thoughts, I'm also comforted at the same time because he really is my help. The psalmist David said, my help comes from the Lord who made everything. This universe, simply by the word of his mouth, by the breath of his nostrils. Other psalms I was reading today encouraged my Heart. Psalm 147, 4, He telleth the number of the stars. He calleth them all by their names. He knows exactly how many stars there are, and He has a name for every single one of them. That's billions and billions and trillions of stars. Great is our Lord, and of great power, His understanding is infinite. What does that mean? He knows exactly what you're feeling and what you're thinking and what you're going through. Psalm 8 and verse 3, When I consider thy heavens, 
the works of thy fingers, the moon and the stars which thou hast ordained. And the psalmist says, when I stop and think about it, and I consider thy heavens and all that you've done, and how vast it is, and I don't even understand it all, I start to think in my mind, here's the conclusion I come to, what is man that thou art mindful of him? I've said it before, I think it's really good. You might not. We think we're big stuff in our little bubble. (laughs) We might be, but outside of our bubble, we're not even stuff. We think that, oh, I've got things to say, and you should listen to me because I've got good things to say. (laughs) Now we should listen to the Lord. He's the only one with something to say. That means anything. I was reading in Isaiah 40 today. (laughs) It just blew my mind again. And I just had to say thank you, Lord, for this. But also, (sighs) so ashamed of myself for not having faith. Trusting in the Lord. But he encouraged my soul. <laughs> Listen to this. Isaiah 40, in verse 12. Speaking of God, who hath measured the waters in the hollow of his hand. All the oceans, all the rivers, all of it. It's right there in the hollow of his hand. Can you even imagine the amount of water that that is? And it's just giving us an idea of how much bigger God is, even than the creation. And meted out heaven with a span. He's measured out the entire universe, the expanse of it that is ever growing, that we don't even know the end from the beginning of, and God measures it all. He's meted it out with the span of his hand. And comprehended the dust of the earth in a measure... And weighed the mountains in scales and the hills in a balance. All the mountains of the earth weighted out in a little scale. Just picture this in your mind. And then this question is asked, To whom then will ye liken me? Or shall I be equal, saith the Holy One? So I can do all of that. I can measure it all out. I can do all of this. I'm so much bigger. To who am I going to be equal, saith the Holy One? Who can you liken me to? Then verse 26 says, Lift up your eyes on high, and behold, who hath created these things, that bringeth out their host by number? He calleth them all by names, by the greatness of his might, for he is strong in power, Not one faileth. So then he says, I want you to do something. Now that you've gotten a picture of all of this, that the vastness of the universe and all the waters and all the mountains and all of this, they're nothing compared to me. I want you to lift up your eyes and I want you to behold me. Behold who hath created these things. And then verse 27. And this is where I kind of lost it. Why sayest thou, O Jacob, and speakest, O Israel, 
My way is hid from the Lord, and my judgment is passed over from my God. So Israel, you understand how massive I am, how I'm the creator of this universe, and you just think about all of that for a second, and then why do you say that I don't know what's going on in your life? That's what he's talking about. Why do you say, oh Jacob, my way is hid from the Lord? And my judgment is passed from my God. He doesn't understand. He doesn't know what's going on in my life. And then he says this. Hast thou not known? Hast thou not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary. There is no searching of his understanding, He giveth power to the faint, and to them that have no might, He increaseth strength. You're going through something in life, and you're at a place where you've never been before. You feel like, I can't even take one more day. I can't take one more hour of this. I don't know if I'm going to make it. It is stressful. It is overwhelming. I don't know. My emotions are a wreck. I just don't know what's going on. I can't take the weight anymore. You're not looking at the right thing. I'm not looking at the right thing. What I'm looking at is the mountain of circumstance that has become this ginormous thing. But in reality, when I compare it to how big and how great and how awesome God is, it's not even a speck of a speck for Him. He gets it. He understands it. He knows it. He who created all things certainly can help his people in time of distress. David said, or the psalmist said, I'm going to look up from whence cometh my help. It comes from the Lord, who made heaven and earth. Notice the character of the one he looks to. Verse 4 says, Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. He says he never sleeps. He's never tired. Even while we sleep, God is on duty. Amen? We can rest. Listen, we can rest because He's always awake. Our great protector never sleeps. What does that tell us? What does this tell us? Here's the principle. That there is never, ever, ever a time when we are outside of His care and His watchful eye. That's what that tells us. So, whatever it is that I'm walking through, I'm forgetting that I'm not outside of His care. I might say words, but words mean nothing. The way that I respond is a reflection of what's really going on in my heart. Right? And if I can respond in faith, And thanks to the Lord and praise to the Lord. That tells me I really believe those words. But if I'm in despair and distress and and my responses and, and everything else is all wrong, that also tells you what you're really believing. 
Verse 3, his ability. He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. He'll not suffer thy foot to be moved. God has promised to provide stability and security for those who are walking in the center of his will. And the psalmist says, this is God. This is the creator. He's got me. He's not going to suffer my foot to be moved. Psalm 16 and verse 8, I have set the Lord always before me. Because he is at my right hand, I shall not be moved. Therefore, here it is, my heart is glad, and my glory rejoiceth. My flesh also shall rest in hope. You know what? It's not just an internal thing. It's not just a spiritual thing. It is a spiritual thing at its core, but it moves its way outward even to this temporal body. And he says, he says here, because the Lord is there, my heart is glad. Is that how you respond to trial and hard things with gladness? And he says, my flesh also shall rest in hope. It's not full of anxiety or despair. Psalm 55, 22, Cast thy burden upon the Lord, and he shall sustain thee. He shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. See, these truths here set the stage for the psalmist's confidence and his trust. He's like, I know where my help comes from. It comes from the Creator, the Lord. I know what his character is like, that I'm never outside of his watch care. I know that he provides stability even amongst dangerous or tumultuous times. That set the stage for his confidence. What would his helper do? Well, verse 5. Verse 5 tells us, The Lord is thy keeper. The Lord is thy shade upon thy right hand. Verse 7, the Lord shall preserve thee from all evil. He shall preserve thy soul. The Lord shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in from this time forth, even forevermore. The psalmist says that his helper is the one who keeps him. He's a keeper. Verse 5, the word keeper, it means to hedge about. It means to guard. The word preserve, it's the same exact word translated as keeper. In other words, God's going to take care, especially if we are in the center of His will. He's going to hedge us about with protection. Psalm 91.1, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in Him will I trust. Surely He shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. He shall cover thee with His feathers, and under His wings shalt thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge. The preservation of God extends not only to physical deliverance in this mortal life, but also to our soul. My soul is preserved. When God saves our soul, He then preserves our salvation. It's He who keeps us. God's preservation covers everything. 
even, even my emotional state. It's a mystery. How do we implicitly trust the Lord with our soul? And that I believe beyond a shadow of a doubt when I leave this life, I'm going to be in the presence of the Lord. But I have such a hard time trusting Him with my emotional state here in this present life. So, you're at a place in life that's hard. Maybe a place you've never been. You're fighting battles that you've never really known. It's affecting your mood. It's affecting your outlook on life. You had your outlook affected? You try to put on a good face like it's okay but that's not what's going on on the inside. There's turmoil. And there's trouble. And there's fear. And there's dread. And there's worry. But I can't let people see that or know that. I would say to you tonight, friend, there's no real need for fear or dread or worry. You think your way is hid from the Lord? You feel like He doesn't know what's really going on? What we need to do is remember where our help really comes from. The one who made heaven and earth. Amen? How big and massive and wonderful and powerful and awesome and loving and caring He really is. Do you know that truth? Do you experience that uh, calm in the soul when you get your eyes back on the Lord? He ministers peace to you. You ever known that? It never runs out. He'll never slumber. He'll never sleep. We always got to go back to the right source. Amen? I don't know if that is something that you need tonight, but I'll trust that the Lord will use it according to His will. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank You for these truths tonight, and I'm thankful for Your Word and for Your Spirit that ministers to us and just what we need when we need it. And Lord, I pray that You'd help us to look to You, always look to You. From whence cometh my help, it comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. That's the real help that we need. And help us not to live defeated Christian lives or live in despair or live in worry or live in fear. But Lord, to live victoriously. We are more than conquerors through Him that loved us. Help us to again, again gain this perspective of the psalmist who had a, a good grasp and a good understanding. And may our hearts rejoice and be glad in who you are and what you've done for us. Bless your people. Thank you for your word. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat>